0: What's up? FT Live. I like our guest list today. Scotty Braun, AJ Pruszynski, Eric Kratz, and then Jesse Rogers, 15 minutes away mm-hmm. from joining us. AJ and Jesse are going to go one-on-one Mm-mm. for 15 minutes on everything that Jesse has heard about the Chicago White Sox. Mm-mm. Can't wait. Uh, Kratzy, I know you love to talk, but we're going to hit the mute button on you and Mm-mm. me, okay? I'm just going to hold this down so nobody can hear yeah. me. See, exactly. you can't
1: even hear me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to watch AJ's ears just start burning and smoke start coming out. and It's going to be great. I'm, o- I'm over it.
0: I'm over it. Also, Kratzy, you, you can't do <laughs> – I know you're funny, but you can't do that because then someone's going to send me an angry note on the podcast. Um, Kratzy's mic went out for three seconds just now. Yeah, it's a joke. Okay, relax.
1: It's not an angry <laughs> note. They're excited. They're like, Kratzy's mic went out. Can we make that
0: happen more? How do you do that? Do you have a button for that? <laughs> Uh, Riley Green at 2 o'clock Eastern, so about an hour away. Also, before that, we'll talk to Ryan Helsley during this hour of the St. Louis Cardinals. Green, by the way, is on the Tigers, in case you have not been following the team that has not been in it for basically the entire year. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I mean, Riley's great. And Dexter McLeon, Jr., son of Dexter. It's not McLean, it's McLeon.
3: I don't know. You're the guy who's supposed to tell me how to say stuff.
0: Not football players. I don't and- know. Dexter's a baseball player. He's our perfect game player of the week. We'll get to him later. So. I know. I love that. Um, word.
3: He's supposed to be a stud. He's like 6'2", like 200 pounds, like 13 years old. Unbelievable. I mean,
0: that's what got me to quit seriously pursuing basketball. I mean, he's 13. He's, he's <laughs> under 14, and he's 6'2", 180. And he throws like 92 miles an hour. I played against <laughs> a kid like that in basketball when I was 10 years old, and he was dunking, and I was like, on to broadcasting. On to charge the mound, because we're going to be a little tight today so we can get to all of our guests. Max Scherzer on the mound again for the Rangers. He was brilliant against the Oakland A's. Seven innings, three hits, a run, two walks, six strikeouts. What do you know? If you do things, you get rewarded. Not all the time. And you have to do the right things, and you have to also be realistic that you're a good team. The Rangers fit all of those categories. They kept adding pitching, and they have won eight games in a row as they take down Oakland 6-1. to Did Max get into beef with anyone? Just the umpire,
3: but here's my thing: We're talking, you know, before Max got traded. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, Max is struggling, dude. He's eleven and four with like a three-three ERA. That's struggling for him. That's struggling for Max. Eleven and four.
0: Keep um, on struggling. I'm not getting. Yeah. Into I'm just wins.
3: saying, like, it's a different struggle for different levels. Kratzy. eleven and four. I think it's it's either three-three or three-eight. But either way, I mean, 3-8-8. Whatever.
0: That's, that's high for him.
3: Still eleven. I want to see the eleven
0: and just... up innings. Yeah, and he's just
3: going out there, and he missed time a couple of times. He got suspended, allegedly and fairly. I mean, whatever you want yes. to say. I mean, I will
0: say this, though, okay? You know I love ERA+, plus, right? 100th league average. Yeah. So now with Texas in his two starts, 159. That's exceptional. Okay. <laughs> Last year with the Mets, 167. Okay? So right online, and before that, year before that, he was even better, I think. Yeah, 167. Oh, same same, 167. Here's the problem. Before he came to Texas just now— 103. He was about a league average starter. For 11 the and first 4. 60%. 11 and 4. So he was 9 and
2: 4 before
3: he
0: came to Texas. Okay. Well, I don't want to get into the wins loss argument because I, I don't give I'm a just fuck saying. about wins and losses on you, a record. Wait, wait, wait. I you, just Tigers,
1: you just said the Tigers have been relevant. If they had
0: on some a on the team record. Guys, you need to be a little more selfless, okay? It's not about to individual wins and yeah, losses. Yeah, because
3: if the pitcher wins, guess what that means for the team? The team wins,
0: And if the pitcher goes eight innings in a 0-0 game and then his team scores in the ninth and they win and he doesn't get the dub, it looks like a dub. And that's what I care about.
3: Yeah, but if the pitcher's 4-11, guess what? The team has 11
0: losses. (laughs) Fine, you win, but I I, I I really disagree. Kratz and I win. We know. (laughs) So animated discussions with home plate umpires. Nothing new. He was chatting with Dan Iasonia while walking off the mound in his last inning. Hey, it's fine. There it is. That's very mid from Max. That looks like an average we day. We see him going one,
3: because Isonga, Isonia. Yeah. Why do you have to have such a hard name, Dan?
0: Such a nice name.
3: He he's a nice guy too. He's a really nice. He's fella. so nice. short he? Yeah, he's actually really nice. So, i okay. run into him. I ran into him randomly around here one day. He's having lunch, and I was like, "Hey, Dan." sat and talked to me for a long time, but he was with his family. But, you know, what happened was Max, he told Max he got one more pitch. So Max was taking his time, and then the shot clock ran out, and Max was like, uh, wait, I'm 1-0 on this guy? I mean, it didn't matter, but
0: still. I'll read it, the tweet from uh, Sanja Chen. When he was warming up for the seventh, Ayasonia told him he had one more pitch. Scherzer threw it, but not before the pitch timer ran down, so he started the inning with an automatic ball. Is that bullshit? Yeah. No. No?
1: Yeah. It is for me. I think Dan was trying to help him. I think he's sitting there going, hey, you got one more. Like, just knowing Iasonia, like, hey, you got one more. Like, you might want to speed it up. Like, he probably has done for years before we even had the pitch clock.
3: No, I'm saying it's it's crap because he told him one more, he threw one more, and then he still got pitch clock banged. I'm not saying it's – is there anything Dan Sonya did wrong. I'm just saying it sucks because in Max's head, is like, oh, and he tells me I got one more. That means I got as much time as I want to take for this last one. And instead, Dan just said, hey, you got 10 seconds to get one more in. It was just a miscommunication. Max wanted to clear up. But guess what? We got a chance to maybe ask Max tomorrow. Is he coming out tomorrow? That's a word Ooh, on the street, possibly. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Oh, All right, last thing I'll Good shout crap. out
0: is uh, not only did the Rangers add a lot of pitching, but also Corey Seager, OPS plus 188. I know he's been hurt like half the year, but when he's playing- Wait, that stat woo. matters? What, you like, you're he's a pick great. and chooser of a We stat. should look at their their his individual, are there wins for hitters? There should Yeah, be. there is, it's called war. You know how Mike <laughs> Brown wins MVP every year? It's on no, war, not the same. wins above replacement. I want, I want Corey Seager's record when he hits well, and then he carries that into the late stages. Let's make some bullshit stat for that too Baseballer viral hit of the week because the so- story sweeping the nation, not just in sports but in all of the world right now is this: a free Kevin Brown chant at Camden Yards. It was awesome. That is awesome. You know what the best part was?
3: Not only did it was on TBS too.
2: Yes. So Brian Anderson, game, perfect. Brian
3: Anderson on TBS, boom, national game. Jeff Blum, boom, Astros broadcast. I don't know if the Orioles. Bro- I'm sure the Orioles broadcast washed over it
0: are you washed over it there's no there's but a i mean story out that the radio broadcast dumbed down the natural natural sounds called nat sound i'm pretty sure they did that on the tv broadcast i was watching uh mlb beginning last night and they by accident went to the part where the astros were roasting them and they went right out of it
2: they're
0: talking about the owner <laughs> the best is the other tweet can we show
3: the other tweet though the whoever Super Seventies put out, that's the best one. The
0: Astros beat the Orioles seven six last night. It's Bad has been reported going get into that in Maryland. I know, as a fifty to two O's victory with John Angelos slamming four homers and striking out fifteen. Incredible performance. I'll add John Angelos is a unicorn. He is Shohei Ohtani. Yeah, yeah, but Shohei doesn't own a team. Right, so that's why he's yet. even – John's even he doesn't better. He does yet. But he's there, were, there were great great comments on Baseballer's post, of course. Like, your basic, o's oh, need a new owner. But give him a raise. Whole stadium got suspended was probably my favorite. There
3: me. was people with signs, too, like big signs. Free, free I Kevin saw that. Yep. I saw a kid walking around with a sign. I mean, it was great. It, it was, Listen, it, as viral as this thing went with Kevin Brown – Good for the Orioles fans, man. They they, they pretty much told John Angelos, look, we like our guy, and what you did to him was wrong. Here's 40,000, I don't know, I mean, there was 35,000 people chanting free Kevin Brown. I mean, pretty cool moment if you're Kevin Brown. Now, I, I mean, we, when we talked yesterday, like, he doesn't want the attention, but guess what? You got it now? You better run with it. He better, Hell yeah. He better be, like, trying to
0: sign all kinds of deals. <laughs> My thing is, even if you don't want the individual attention, like you're not into wins and losses, but – you should look at the bigger picture of what this means for the industry. So even if he doesn't want to be talked about, he should still embrace it at some point when John Angelos hopefully sells the team so he can talk about the fact that broadcasters should not be treated this way. I know yes. it's a great job. It's a dream job for, I met for many. It doesn't mean you have to be the owner's bitch. So enough of that shit. Like That's what John Angelos basically told him. If you're not my bitch and you don't say everything the way I want it to be said, I'm going to sit your ass. No, enough. That should not be how it is. So he should just embrace that as part of his brethren, right? As part of his entire, whatever you want to call it, group of broadcasters, which doesn't have a union, of course, that all men and women broadcasters should be treated like human beings and not told every fucking word that's supposed to come out of their mouth. Right?
1: (laughs) Or just in any job, just like that's how you should treat people. Like, Hey, if he had a problem with what he said, Hey, go to him. But I don't know that it was – clearly it wasn't a suspendable offense. What I want to know is I want to put myself in John Angelo's shoes. Like how does he feel if he actually is watching the games of his team that's really good and exciting to watch? What does he actually – does he surround himself with people who are like, great job, great job. You did the right thing. I know everybody (laughs) on earth that knows about this is roasting you, but no, you're doing it. Like – He's gotta feel bad. He's gotta he, he won't he won't he won't make a comment because he never says anything in the media. So
0: he did. He know. spoke a ton in uh right around when the season was starting, yeah, saying about I'll show payroll. you the books. And yeah, about all the about the thing. payroll. Obviously, he's like next week come to my office. All boys, yeah, But right? nobody showed up. He's Kendall Roy from Succession. Hey, how come nobody, he hey, how come no nobody showed up? They all showed up. They wouldn't even invite him in. Yeah, we'll They, they didn't so let we'll him. Open. We'll get Dan Connolly on because he was the one who was back that... and forth with him there. We'll yes. get dan at some point so let's because the first time the orioles just censored the fire kevin brown chant that was the radio broadcast let's see if we can hear it this time To me also, we know there's a degree of niceness on a broadcast when you're a team broadcaster, but it's going to be hard from a credibility standpoint for someone like me, who's not an Orioles fan, right? I'm just a a baseball fan. I flip around to games. Like I get the choice. Like I could go to the Orioles or the Astros broadcast. Now it's interesting for now just to see like how much they have to tiptoe around it. But in the future, especially if it's not say Kevin, for me to go to that broadcast, I'm going to be like, what are they really going to say? They're working for a guy that wants them to say everything is amazing. We win, you know. Everything like, is awesome. I don't That's hear exactly that. what I thought. I don't want to <laughs> donate four hours of my life to that, you know.
1: Everything is cool when you're on the Orioles. Everything is awesome.
0: <laughs>
3: I just, yeah. I, listen, I'm, I'm happy. I'm pr- We talked about Crowsey. I'm proud of the fans. I'm proud this went viral as a guy that does broadcast. Because I'll say this about I've worked for Fox since 2011 basically i mean even when i was still playing i was still doing stuff for fox they've never one time said don't say this don't say that you do you know obviously there's certain words and certain things you can't say that'll get you fired sure uh, you get well actually you can say them once and then you get fired so you get yeah, one you, can't you get one shot at.
2: f-bombs all exactly but they're
3: i get that yeah but they're but they've never said like don't talk about this mm-hmm. Don't now when you talk to managers as you know when you do games they'll say hey this is off the record different which is different totally different. because then you you say okay thank you we can we can give the narrative of your team and the game without saying that but that helps us form the narrative of your team but the, the 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 bosses now they might call me today and say hey on your game on Saturday don't say something which would be pretty funny but they won't I mean but they've never one time said don't say don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. Because if it happens, it, it's what's in front of us. You can't hide the camera. So if I'm on an Orioles broadcaster last night and they start chanting, free Kevin Brown and you're Ben McDonald. I don't know who did the game. Ben McDonald or you know, Rick Dempsey used to do games for him or whoever. John Miller they brought back. I don't and know. He
0: was like, oh, he wasn't. He, wasn't- he gone. didn't have orange blood in his veins. Yeah, except in the Giants where they won all those World Series. But
3: yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're... I, you AJ, should be. You should acknowledge it as an order. Knows now you're going to get you're fired. saying
0: more than me. I know because I did not live your life. I lived a different life for a while. That's why you're not on immaculate I, grid. I was not told. Um, say whatever you want. You can put it that way. <laughs> One day in the book. Check out Baseballer uh, on IG for incredible content on a daily basis. They hook us up with all this stuff, um, like this uh, great post. And then also you can check out uh, the Baseballer. Um, website to see their merch. Give that a look on socials. And it's time for our first poll question of the day. Scan the QR code, uh, there it is, BSBLR.com. They've got this shirt that I'm wearing today. A little baseballer action. I like this shirt. You have one. I do? I think so. Yeah, you you have one, you have one. I'll give it to you after the show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
2: A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: First, the bad news. All right, let's run it with ESPN's Jesse Rogers. Jesse, great to have you on, dude. What a week for you. And we'll we'll get to Kevin Brown, too. Obviously, I want to get your take on that front. We just talked about it. But I would like to start with all the headlines that you made, um, including the conversation with Keenan Middleton. He made the headlines. You did the reporting. <laughs> so great to have yeah. you on, Jesse. And can you run us through your thoughts on the White Sox this week?
2: Yeah, first of all, big fan of all you guys. AJ and I go way, way back. And um, He hasn't taken my head off yet, so glad to be with you guys, Um, Mr. Cub himself
3: here, Jesse Rogers, (laughs) Mr. Cub himself.
2: Here we go. Here we go. Um, Anyway, so look, Keenan said what he had to say, and you know people wonder why did he say it, and I, I just think he needed to get it off his chest. And you know, I've heard from a bunch of former players since Sunday, since the story posted, and they're like, look sunlight's the best disinfectant. that this needed to get out there. And, you know, this is something that's been brewing for a couple of years. Even uh, Rick Khan admitted that the other day. So like, if not now, when right, the team bottomed out on the field. It's had its problems off the field. They've blown up this rebuild that didn't work. And uh, I think people needed to hear this. And uh, I think that was Middleton's motivation. It's not like the team did him wrong or anything. I just felt like he felt like he had to get it off his chest. And like I said, I've heard from a lot of players. You heard Lance Lynn on the record kind of, you know, with you guys <laughs> acknowledge it all. And so, I, you know, it just it needed to be said, and this was the time to do it. But why Middleton? Why, why Keenan Middleton? Why
3: was it him? Why wasn't it – I mean, I love Lance Lynn. Why wasn't it Lance Lynn? Why wasn't it Giolito? Why – and why does – if this has been brewing for years – Why hasn't it been fixed yet? And then also, when you saw Rick Hahn talk, what was he talking about with Middleton having problems in the clubhouse? If Middleton's the one giving the comments that everyone says needed to be said, what is Rick Hahn doing by saying, well, he also apologized for things he did in the clubhouse? Well, what the heck did he do in the clubhouse? He looks like he got traded and then called everyone out.
2: Yeah, I don't know what he did in the clubhouse. It sounded like a one-off incident. I I don't know what Rick's trying to spin here because – They admitted to dysfunction. They admitted to a bad culture. So all Middleton did was provide some details and some context. Like, I truly feel like, AJ, and you might know better than I do, there are people in that organization, just like the former players, that are not upset this thing went public. I think they like the idea of sunlight being the disinfectant. And now that it's public, what do you do to change it? How do you address this thing? So, um I just feel like, yeah, why Middleton? I don't know, because he's an outspoken guy. And who wants that kind of heat? Most players don't want it. I give Middleton credit. He didn't back down. I mean, it was, they traveled to Chicago after he said those things. It's amazing. He's in town here where, where I'm based. And and he had to you know, face the music, so to speak. And he, he stood by those comments. So I just feel like Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, these guys probably don't want the heat. But I'm not going to name names to the guys that you know, told me privately that they were glad this happened, but you can guess you can guess who they are. It's a lot of former players over the last couple of years that are like, yeah, this, this was dysfunctional. And it and it predated Pedro Grafal. And apparently Grafal didn't help matters.
1: So I am not in the White Sox organization like like AJ is, but I've heard so much about it. I've talked to players that have played there. I've talked to, you know, even even coaches that have coached there. Is there anybody in the front office that would step up like Keenan and say, look, this is dysfunctional from the top of our front office down, not just players. Like the players get the trickle-down effect of this. Right. Or nobody will say that because nobody ever wants to get fired by Jerry, and that's really the only way you ever get fired.
2: You're exactly right. I mean, I thought the most telling comment from Middleton was towards the end of the article when he said, I don't know, can we curse on this show? Uh, oh hell! Please, he fucking the sh- cursed. <laughs> the shit rolls downhill. That you know, he's. I thought that was really telling, and that's why I can't point everything at Pedro Grafal. He admits it predated him. Um, Kenny and Jerry at the top. Kenny Williams, Jerry Reinsdorf really have to think about things in a larger sense here. Um, this isn't one player. This isn't one person. This isn't one manager. So, yeah, shit rolls downhill, I thought, was the most telling comment because it, it, it makes it a bigger thing than just a malcontent here or there, which they have a few. Um, but the, what, what you allow to happen at the top is going to trickle down to the players, as you said. So it is a bigger picture organizational thing they have to address.
1: Has Pedro Graffald done anything right other than keep his job in the sense of, like, he hasn't said anything wrong?
2: Yeah, I mean, you you heard his comments the other day. He's almost admitted to screwing up this thing from the beginning. And and players have told me that he did not lay down the law in spring training and that those guys that left for the WBC sort of impacted that whole idea of culture building. Um, I I feel like Pedro's talked a good game, but he hasn't done Hmm. the things necessary to set the tone. Uh, and talking a game to the media is meaningless if you're not doing in, doing the right thing inside the locker room.
0: Jesse, I'm going to play just a minor devil's advocate here. We're talking about adults. Like, there is a line, but I, I do remember, for example, a couple weeks ago, Tyler Glasson was on with us, and he's like, Pirates, way too military-ish. They had so many damn rules and things. He couldn't take it. He goes to Tampa Bay. He's like, they let us do almost whatever we want, and obviously... They're disciplined. They have work ethic. It's for individuals to thrive and then thrive together as a team that they've gotten better in the new place that they're at. I'm trying to pinpoint maybe contract extensions. I love if I'm an owner and I see a good player, like the Orioles should have locked up Adley Rutschman last year and Gunnar Henderson and guys like that, right? And we've seen that work in other organizations. Was there mistakes made maybe with not giving extensions to the right players and then going in cruise control afterward, including not giving their best in terms of the time commitment to the team? You know, like trying to say, okay, these are people that are in their 20s and 30s. Do we need Lance Lynn there in spring training and not at the WBC to say, don't do that. You're a professional ball
2: player. I think you're onto something. Okay, so this is my opinion. And I think this is a question that's going to go on in front offices more and more, especially with long, long long-term deals being handed out. And the question is this. Does this ultra talented player love the game of baseball? Does he love to win as much as he hates to lose? Does he hate to lose as much as he loves to win? All these sort of, you know, out in the atmosphere kind of questions that you can't measure with analytics need to be asked more and more. Did the White Sox have a Bryce Harper on this team? No. Do they have a Jose Ramirez on this team? guys that will say we are going in this direction and you are following me or all hell's going to break loose in here. The answer is no. So to your question, they gave out extensions to guys that hadn't proven anything in baseball and hadn't proven that desire to be great, that desire to win, that desire to be there for their teammates. So the mistakes were made at that level, but Again, there's this overall lack of due diligence that allowed those mistakes to happen. So it's bigger than just a personnel decision here or there. But yes, those individual players were the wrong guys to lead this team. And Pedro Grafal said as much the other day. He thought he had some leaders in there, and it was the wrong guys. Okay, Jesse.
3: Then, there, I, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm getting about to, you know, as crazy said, <laughs> my ears are going to start. Because obviously, yeah, you know me, I, know. I root for the White Sox like crazy and I want them to be a really good organization from top to bottom. Let's start with this. 29 other teams didn't have a problem in team building and spring training. There's one, okay? Everyone, I mean, the, what the Phillies had, how many guys gone? The Cardinals, they're not having a great year. They're just having a bad year, but they had a ton of guys. But they don't hear them, you know, their catcher stayed, Wilson Contreras, and they were like, oh, well, you know, he sucked at the beginning of the year, right? So th- that's just an excuse for me. It's always an excuse. How did they not see this coming? You had – Uh, A.J. Pollock, he had a $12 million player option or whatever it was, and he's like, fuck that. I ain't going (laughs) back there. (laughs) I'll take my buyout for a million, and I'll go free agent and lose money to pick where I go next. I mean, if that doesn't open your eyes, I don't know what does because I've talked to guys. I know guys in the league. I know guys that have played for this organization, and they come up to me and go, how the fuck did y'all win there? how did you guys win? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, it was just normal for us. And maybe yeah. that was wrong on our part. But there are guys that come up to me and are like, I've never seen things like this happen in any other organization. These guys are guys that have been around. And they hear things and they're like, man, this, this is not what the big leagues was meant to be or this and that. And there's just so many things. And I'm not going to get into it because, again, like I want the White Sox to succeed. But, man, like there, there's there's so many points where it's just like, What are they missing here?
2: Who's missing it? Leadership. Leadership, AJ, at every level. And it really does start at the top. I mean, leadership is something you know know it when you see it. And you know when it's not there. But it's hard to define. But it's leadership. It's leadership from the top down. And look, I've known Jerry Reinsdorf as long as you have. And I just don't think he's as hands-on as he used to be. He's a lot older now. And so if there's no accountability starting at the top, how do you expect to, to get it in the locker room? And, and that's the answer. Um, it's a, it's a fragile situation there. So anything that takes away from um, that culture could, could, it could have, could allow it to explode. So yeah, guys leave for the WBC. They hire a first year manager who came from a losing organization, which by the way, I like Pedro Guffall back in December, January when they hired him, but the facts of the facts. So you have these fragile things going on. Um, The position player leadership, very fragile. Tim Anderson's whole situation, very fragile. So when you get off to a bad start, which Rick documented the other day, talking to the media, all of a sudden you have nothing to fall back on. and, And the bottom line is you learn more about individuals through adversity than you do success. That's why 21, okay, fine, terrible division. They win by 13 games. But as soon as adversity hit, they had no leadership to fall back on. That's the best way I can describe it.
3: Okay, Jesse. They canceled Sox Fest this year. Why? That, isn't that a point where you talk about disinfectant? The fans, the fans were coming. They were yeah. ready to ask the questions of free agency and trades and, and payroll and all those, all these questions. When the White Sox canceled Sox, which I think they're the only team that did it. I, I may be wrong in that, but they and they, the reason was they didn't really have a reason. They're just like, we're not doing it this year. Yeah. Are they, and yeah. then, and then you have. The the fight that happened a couple days ago, right? Yeah. Tim Anderson hasn't said a word. And I I said on this show, you got to say something. Don't just let us try to figure out what happened. Give your side. And you were there, I think, in 06 when Michael Barrett and I happened.
1: Yeah. I was
3: there, there, right? You guys asked me the questions. I gave you my answers. It's the best way to handle these things, I think. It,
2: it, It goes back to this word accountability, right? Accountability comes with consequences. The consequence of getting into a fight like that is having to explain yourself along with the suspension. Like, this is professional sports. You get paid a lot of money. Fans pay a lot of money to watch you play. They pay a lot of money to for cable to watch you play. Like, they deserve an explanation sometimes. It, everyone, Most people, most organizations understand that. Um, I, I, I So I'm with you, AJ. It just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Um, the other day, Pedro Gafal was suspended. Charlie Montoya managed. I wasn't there, but Mike Tozar, the field coordinator, came out and spoke after the game, instead of Charlie Montoya, a former manager. So there's just something weird in terms of accountability and leadership going on there that now is getting exposed in a very public manner, in part thanks to Keenan Middleton, but also because of how bad they were on the field. Like, something has to give. Something, Someone needs to explain this, and it just really doesn't happen uh, when it's supposed to but finally maybe it's it's happening because of what middleton said publicly yeah you know you need protein to fuel results but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC.
0: How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy clarity, the calm. Easy, you go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Does Monday
2: at the office feel like a storm?
1: Is Dallas Keuchel or Tony La Russa owed a large apology, public apology? Because they were crucified for Dallas for what he said and Tony for whatever it was that they felt like was his fault.
2: Let me tell you something. On ESPN Radio in Chicago all last year, I was screaming, this, is, oh, this isn't all on Tony. Yes, he made some glaring mistakes. This isn't all on Tony. Every manager makes glaring mistakes. I said it all last year. I got to tell you a quick story I told last year. I, I was at a charity golf outing. I stayed on one hole to meet all the participants. 36 groups came by last year. And I swear to God, this is on the south side of Chicago. Every single group wanted to talk about Tony LaRusso and only Tony LaRusso. Every single one. And now, fast forward to this year, it wasn't all on Tony LaRusso. Now, I think Tony made some mistakes. I think he bent over backwards a little bit too much to connect with today's player. It's so okay, he made mistakes. Like I said, every manager makes mistakes. But you're exactly right. People like Keiko, people like La Russa are owed an apology despite their struggles. Keiko struggled on the mound. But the, the those are two different things. You can make mistakes and struggle, but you can also be right about the culture. And, you know, I do think they also missed Jose Abreu. You know, here's what I say. Jose Abreu and Tony La Russa were enough to keep an 81-81 and 81 team together. I mean, that's the best they could do with the culture problems. You remove them from the equation. Now there's no respect in that locker room, and you see what happens.
3: Jesse, are you going to be at the golf outing
2: on Monday? I'm not sure that I'm invited. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. I'm I'm invited? I'm invited? How are you not invited? You have a little bit more stature. I am going over there today. They're playing the Yankees. I'm going to go over there for the first time since Middleton's comments. I'm going to probably go say hi to Keenan and just check in with him. So I'm sure he's had a rough couple days. Uh, but hopefully this, this is a good thing for the White Sox. AJ, you just said you're a fan. This is the thing that has to be exposed for change to happen. Otherwise, it just percolates under the surface, and it continues there. So I think this is a good thing, and I guarantee you there are people within that White Sox organization that are happy that Keenan said these things, even if they won't admit it publicly. And I can tell you there's at least a half dozen former players that are thrilled that it happened.
3: Jesse, what... Changes because I think you know, and I know I'm going to be at the game on Sunday and then I'm going to be in the golf outing on Monday this week. So I don't know if you're going to be there on Sunday, but I'd love to hear more about this privately. That what changes will anything because ch- I think if you go on Twitter, and I'm obviously on Twitter, and I think I saw Rick Han called White Sox Twitter a cesspool of ideas and things on the other day in his press conference, that I found kind of fun because. That's kind of what it's meant for—is people to give their opinions, right? Whether good or bad, they do it about me, they do it about you, they do it about everybody. That's just the way that works. If you're on there and you see it, guess what? Most of it's not going to be probably good because that's what people do. It's fine. You have to be able to handle that. But what what can change? What changes will Jerry make the changes that people are calling for? Well, you know, because everyone's saying is Pedro one and done? Do they get rid of Rick? Do they get rid of Kenny? Do they get rid of whoever? But will anything happen because this? As you've mentioned, isn't a one-year, one-hit wonder. This apparently has been going on, and you're there way more than I am, so you see it. But will anything change?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I get asked that a lot, and I am not going to make a prediction because I this organization does operate a little different, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about it now. I don't, you know, Jerry refused comment to some reporters the other day. If the owner isn't going to talk after what went on on the field and then a former player calling out the organization off the field, if he's not going to speak to the media or the fans then, then how do I know what's going to happen? I would assume the sunlight being the disinfectant will have some impact. Will have some impact. How big of an impact? I don't know. I would assume there's some changeover. Rick Hahn has talked cryptically about his situation. Who knows what could happen there? But I... I mean, you can't go business as usual, guys, right? Uh, yeah, let's, let's work backwards from that. There's no way it's business as usual. Something has to change. The question is, will it be large enough? Will it be more uh, dramatic enough to impact what goes on on the field? I hope so. Like you, I'm a Chicagoan. It's a better story for us in the media when they're good. Um, I don't enjoy these kinds of stories, to be honest. It, it can yes, be you do. Awkward. You're a Cubs fan. You're a Cubs nah. fan, Jesse. Don't lie to the people. <laughs> next next time, I'm going to I'm gonna tell the story of when you, you called me out because my daughter was wearing a Cubs jersey at two years old. Forgot it <laughs> well, out. okay. Let's so yeah. you're, a no, you're a true fan.
0: You're a true fan. Next time, we're going
2: to talk about playoff
0: contenders because I didn't even have time to ask about Kevin Brown, but we've covered it a ton. So and We've yeah. got to jump, but we hogged up all the time. I think this was worth it to talk White Sox, Jesse, but... Thanks for the time, dude. Obviously, we'd love to have you back to to get into the Cubs. And definitely any time to roast AJ, all about it. So we'll line it up again soon, dude. Appreciate you. <laughs> you got it. Jesse, <laughs> Big fan down. of all
2: of you guys. Thank you. Be well. Thank yeah, you. Bear right down. Back at bear you. down. See ya. <laughs> dude,
0: Jesse Rogers from ESPN, like you said, TV, radio. You can read his articles. He does a great job. We'll post his Twitter and all that like we do on our Twitter account. So you can give him a follow if you don't already. He's fantastic. Great coverage this week of that story and then you know he's there next day showing up in the clubhouse and all of that so gotta love it uh we didn't get to this yet we got to do it shane mcclanahan is likely done for the rest of the season it sounds like it could be a tommy john surgery situation he throws hard with effort that's it that's a anytime you hear forearm yeah
3: strain or forearm it usually leads to tommy it's very rare Right, Kratzy? Whenever you would always hear forearm strain and always the next step was, oh, they tried to rehab, then they have Tommy
0: John. PRP almost I mean, if works. you
3: remember uh, Hendrix, yeah. Liam Hendricks. Forearm strain, and then he just had Tommy. Another weird white sucks thing. They never announced it. He just showed up and was like, oh, I had Tommy John yesterday. And they're like, wait, what? No one knew. So, but whenever you hear forearm, that's usually Tommy John. It sucks, man. That's, but, it's, but, it sucks.
1: But Not that, always, but a lot. No, I mean, especially when you say – A lot of times that's what happens. But you brought up Liam. I was texting with Liam after surgery, and he actually found out he had a partial tear in 08 already. So he was playing through all of that that whole time with it. So it's possible, but you're right. When you hear the forearm strain or flexor tendon, you know, it really just depends on the time of year, especially when you have a younger guy. McClinahan's still a younger guy. They're sitting there going, well, you don't have to do surgery right away. Like, let's
0: see if we can kind of rehab this. But it's never good. Never. Andrew Andrew Painter had that for the Phillies, remember? We all knew that was coming in spring training. And then you fast forward, he just recently had it. So he's knocked out for basically two years now. McClanahan is one of the top, what, definitely 10 pitchers in Major League Baseball, if not more. But you can't stay healthy. It's like... It's I mean, the, he, his it's, career just started. I know, but he's yeah. always
3: missing time. There's always something. And then the other thing is the only guy I can remember that did needed Tommy John and didn't have it was Tanaka, right? Tanaka was the one guy.
0: Remember people were like, Oh, it's he's gonna happen. Done. And he's like, No. He just kept <laughs> he
3: just kept pitching. That's it was true. nasty. Yeah.
0: I wanted to get to, yeah, there we go. Mm. I wanted to find the Cubs in the weeds with Jesse Rogers, but you guys just can't stop talking about the White Sox because Jesse also covers the Cubs. By the way, if you miss that combo, it's really good. You can backtrack after the show's done. But the Chicago Cubs are in a wild card seat.
3: Okay, here's my thing about that they're 59 to 55, and good for the Cubs. Honestly, people are going to say, oh, you're just, but no, good for the Cubs just shows you the National League is not – I mean, the Braves and the Dodgers, and then it's kind of a mishmash of crapola because they're not – and there's not another really good team in that mix. And the Cubs have played great. David Ross and everyone else there that have done and the way they pit Justin Steele and, and, and what they've done as a team. Swanson's come back, been hot. Cody Bellinger, way to go. Dude, you're going to get freaking paid this offseason. Mm. But, man, good for them. Good for where they're at. Way to make a comeback. And forget the wild card. They got a shot at the division because guess what? Nobody in the Central can win a game other than the Cubs at the moment. I mean, the Brewers keep finding ways to lose. The Reds are struggling, struggle bus right now. So it's it's uh, good for the Cubs. And you know what else is good for the Cubs? We all kind of said, why didn't they sell? Well, now we know why. Because they got a chance to go to the postseason and make a lot of people uh, happy. And they
0: were right.
1: No. Yeah. No, I mean, I was just going to say that the, the Cubs are – really hot and maybe not sustained hot. I think you talk about the Braves and the Dodgers. I think the Phillies need to get a lot of love. The issue is they're just in the division with the with the Braves. They're the second best record since like June 2nd in the National League. So, they're more of a sustained hot. The second best record, but the first best record during that time is the Braves. So, that's kind of where they're at with that, but I think the Cubs Kudos to them. We've been hating on them. I just, they're just barely into the playoff spot right now. And it took just an unbelievable, I almost said immaculate, um, unbelievable (laughs) run where, you know, I think they had like nine straight, lost one, three straight. So I want to see it a little bit longer. I just don't, I just don't know. Okay. I don't know if it's enough.
3: Okay. So here's my thing I know Scott hates run differential. But they're plus 67 run differential, which is better than the Brewers, better than the Phillies, better than the Giants, who they're in the wild cards with. The Padres are plus 61. Their expected record, though, is 63 and 51. So their actually record is worse than what it should be. Now, Stroman's out, which he wasn't pitching great before he went out, but that hurts him. Um, But Tyon's been better for them. They've been on a good run, and they're only a game and a half out of the division. So it's not like they're – Oh, dead and buried in the division. I mean, they're game and a half back, one in the loss column, which is the number you start looking at now because you can't make those games up. But listen, kudos to the Cubs, kudos to that organization. And listen, we're we always say we keep our receipts on this show. We all said they should have sold. They knew something we didn't. My bad. Yeah, good job, way to go. We, if they make the playoffs and they win the division, we were all wrong.
0: Yep, exactly. Do I think they're great? No, they have flaws. They're Can they win the back World to Series? Being a winning team. Can they win the World Series? Probably not. Probably not. But they can prove us wrong on that. But
3: we always we talked about culture on the other side of Chicago. You know how you build the best culture? Winning. Mm-hmm. And you show guys we can win. And you show free agents, hey, we can win. And you show people in the minor leagues, hey, we're this is the Cub way. We always talking about Cardinal way and Yankee way and all this. Well, guess what? The Cub way has been losing forever. But now they won in 16, and now they're building it back up again. It's culture, right? It's culture. And David Ross and Jed Hoyer and all those guys are doing something right. And, you know, even if you,
0: you just, you want to win and you want to win for the you and you want to win for the fans and they're doing it. And I think the respect level is there from the fans being like, okay, enough. We've been bad again for a couple of years. It's time to start showing us something. And, you know, what helped is that it was a seller's market. But at the same time, it didn't seem like, the teams that should have been buying were offering enough, so I wonder. You know, I wonder if two, three weeks before the trade deadline, when the Cubs were basically in the same spot as the Mets, like a month ago, they were forty-one and forty-six, seven games back of a wild card.
3: Yeah, but everyone else. The problem is the thing is everyone else is falling back. Arizona's gone. I know that Arizona's but- gone in the freaking
0: tank. But my and we were all is, like,
3: oh, Arizona's not only got a wild card wrapped up; they're going to
0: challenge now. They're five hundred. They're out of everything back then. You know, Yankee fans all wanted Cody Bellinger. And obviously, they've been much worse over the last month. Well, if your team offered, you know, your your second or third best prospect and you call the Cubs, it may be changes. But most of the time, these GMs don't do anything serious until we get much closer to the deadline. But you know what I'm saying? If they got an offer they couldn't refuse weeks back, I wonder how they would have handled it with Stroman, too, when he was pitching well. doesn't matter now. doesn't matter now. What? This is a much better result. I give it all the credit to sticking with it, Adding a little bit. Kendallario has been mm. on fire. Is on fire. He's having a great year. Dude is finding himself. He's a he's a breakout guy. This is his best year ever. He's yep. been around for a while. Just now, in too. time. Yeah, Free agency. You're yep. right. He was a free agent last year, though. And he was, was he DFA'd or he wasn't tendered to contract, yeah. right? Yeah. He was non-tendered by Detroit. Yeah. Here there
3: you go. go. Yeah. Haven't lived yeah. if you haven't been non-tendered. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a that's a brutal that's a brutal day being non-tendered. But he is, like, I think I think they have a better better chance of re-signing Candelario than they do Bellinger, the Cubs. Off a completely different topic, but
0: well, Ken, Cody Bellinger is going to cough a lot now. I mean, he's going to be yeah. one of the premier free agents because there's nobody out there this year, really.
1: It's a very making a qualifying offer though. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that doesn't matter. What does that have to do with anything? Ballinger? That's, that's not going to hold back one of the top position yeah, players available from signing a, a big of, contract. There's not a
3: ton, especially pitching. I mean, pitching is very weak besides Otani, but it's, it's, a, it's a, not a huge crop of guys
0: that are going to be free agents at the end of this year, I don't think. I've got a list to run through. No, for a while we were like, oh, it's not a great pitching list. It's a decent pitching list.
3: I mean, it's not. Arias
0: pitched well again yesterday, actually. He's going to get paid. I know he's had a a tough year talking about Julio Arias take you to the Dodgers for a sec. Because the Dodgers have won seven of eight. There were a lot of people counting them out too. Who? Oh, yeah. The Dodgers. Who was counting the Dodgers out? There were plenty of people counting them out.
1: Since when? Since the beginning of the season or 10 years ago since they've been winning the division? like?
0: No, this year. I, I didn't, but I'll bring someone up because she, she would say it, and she's a straight shooter. She was one of my favorite guests on the show, and I listened to her pod. Hannah Kaiser, who we had on. Do you remember? I don't know. if I remember. You you, you yeah. guys were both on. Sorry, at the Ulster game. Yeah. Talk Hannah's great. and And one of her recent pods, she was saying earlier in the year, she said she didn't know if the Dodgers were going to be a playoff contender, and she's like, I'll eat that. And then even much more recently, she was like, I don't think they're winning in the division. Well, I think they're winning in the division. <laughs>
3: she's, well, she's also a
0: huge Philly fan, so maybe that was a little homer. No, thing. it wasn't homer. That's, okay. It's the NL no,
3: I want to read you the free agents kind of that are listed here. That Okay, Otani's one, obviously, right? I'm just going to go position players that, I mean, this is kind of a rough yeah, list. Yes, give me the position players. Jock Peterson, Josh Donaldson, Javi Baez has an opt-out. He's not opting out. 25 no.
0: million. You've you've said you haven't said. Joey Votto. Yeah, but say the big guys. You're these these are the names. names. Charlie Blackman,
3: Cody Bellinger, Evan Longoria, Josh Bell has an option, he's not. Oh, no, he's uh, taking his player option. Brandon Crawford, AJ Pollock, Teoscar you don't Hernandez. Need, like, age
0: order, you need to get younger dudes. Yeah, Teo. dude, I'm
3: naming them. This is Matt Chapman is probably the biggest name. Chapman,
0: Taylor Bellinger, Reese
3: Hawkins. Yep. Hunter Renfro, Joey Gallo. Randall Grichik, Enrique
1: Hernandez, Enrique
0: Hernandez, <laughs> <TK>. <laughs> Yes, I know. Yes, JD Martinez. Yeah, Bellinger's going to get a massive deal now. That's Brandon not to Bell, say. Kevin
3: Kiermaier. But it's like, Hold that's up. what I'm saying. It's a very low, low top. Listen, there's a lot of really good players in there, but as far as that splash, star, other than Otani,
0: clearly, there's only one of him. He's only signed in one place. Cubs don't have a big-ass payroll right now. Why can't they keep Bellinger? They can. They should be competing with any other ball club for players, and you just had him for a year. You'll get to see how much they really like him because they can afford him. A million percent. They also can afford Otani. I know that, but you can't totally make that call. Otani's going to make that call. You can. I think if you offer Cody Bellinger the most money, it seems like he's had a blast there, he would play there every summer for a long time. So that'll be the next pressure meter on the Cubs front office and really ownership to see if they're going to spend like that. Right? Mm-hmm. Stroman too. They could afford both of them if they want to bring them back. Yeah, we'll see. They on could Stroman. also bring they back Javi Baez. Contract for and now is hurt and has tailed off a bit. So I think Bellinger has a better chance of staying than Stroman.
1: Okay. Do you have to keep Bellinger motivated?
0: Mm, I, don't, I mean, I don't know him well enough. Yeah, I can't I can't speak on that. You're saying because he's kind of laid back and chill kind of guy. I don't I don't know if that like his know. demeanor.
1: Meh, I, I mean, I just don't. more just more his demeanor. I don't know. You know, I would have loved to seen him in a playoff chase. And now we get to see it.
0: So he's been in playoff chases his whole career.
1: That's what true. I mean. And he was huge. He was he's an NLCS MVP. He like this is the kind of guy that I think he gets he gets going in situations in the sense of, like, you know, he's got a free agent year this year. He gets – he's out in the playoffs, huge, huge home runs in the World Series. Like, like I just – this is the kind of guy that needs
0: to be on this stage. Right. You want him – he wants to play with a winning ball club. It would be weird for him otherwise playing with all, you know – Yeah,
3: but when he signed with the Cubs, he didn't think they were going to be winning. Nobody really thought the Cubs were going to be that good this year. Everyone had him probably third in the division to start the season, right, behind Milwaukee and St. Louis. Now, St. Louis has been crap all year. Mm-hmm. But Milwaukee's there, and the Reds have come out of nowhere. Yep. So, I fir- I mean, he signed there because they were the one that gave him the best offer. Thinking maybe, oh, I'm going to get traded at the – Eric will tell you, when you're a veteran guy and you sign a one-year deal and you don't sign with a great team – there's, you're thinking in your head, I'm here for three months and I'm gonna yep. be shipped off somewhere to compete. If I'm off if I'm having a good year, then they're gonna ship me off and get some for me. You get a month you're okay month, month contract. Yeah, you know are
0: okay with that too? That what you said, the qualifying offer. Did he not get one from the Dodgers? You didn't I doubt it. Right? I don't think so. No. No,
1: I think he got non tendered. He got non tendered.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't. A but I'm saying eight. now he could get a QO if he had gotten traded. That's the one thing that always pops up. I've spoken to players off the record where they're like, "Trade my ass," because what teams do, even though I don't think it's going to hold him back from getting a big deal, they still try and use it against certain agents. Now he's at the top of the market, but no, they'll say that, but like, oh, you know, that's costing our team X amount of money in in uh, in draft money because you've got the qualifying offer, and we're going to be punished for that. Now there are some guys that. I've already had qualifying offers and they're not going to get them again. You can't get it
3: again. You can't get it twice.
0: No. So Strowman. Stroman. Yeah, Strowman doesn't get one. But different different situation.
3: Different strokes for different folks.
0: Yes. Let's let's focus on uh Houston and Baltimore for another moment, because it's probably the best series going right now. Two of the best teams in we the got, American I, League.
3: Yes. Let's not talk about last night. That beat, that was a bet that was one of the worst beats I've ever
0: seen you bad luck face. for closers. When it's not like it me. was unlucky, though. Yes, I have. Well, no, it was bad, dude. I've had, I've had brutal. Did you losses.
3: see the the ball that the
0: center fielder? So Jorge Mateo, I mean, Mateo Oriol, tough play, but made a great catch. Yes. on Jordan earlier in the game, he could have prevented that. He was close, and yeah, it was catch. was a very, set.
3: very, but it was a very tough
0: play. It was I'm a very saying, tough play. No, it, it's not on him. It's, it's. No one's looking at that, going, dude, you blew the game. But then there's Oreo fans going, Cedric Bones would have caught it. Okay. So would uh, Tori Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, it was Houston being clutch. They've got Jordan, Kyle Tucker, who are the guys that were kind of behind the scenes, Did the you young see the guys pitch with less support. Before Tucker pressure. hit
3: the home run? Mm-hmm. Did you see the pitch happen before the home run? I don't remember. He, 102 he up, foul tips it, McCann it hits his glove and goes,
1: <laughs> and then hit the, barely it hit dropped?
3: the outside of his yeah. mitt and it barely drops, and he reaches down, and right after it bounces, he grabs it. Uh, and they're like, damn it, next pitch. Bah!
0: Grand slam. And that's a bad beat. Who's better, Houston or the Rangers? Or the Orioles, really? Like, who's the best team in the American those are, League Those right are the three best. Those are the three for me. That's clear cut for you? Yeah. Yeah. I would say yeah. position player-wise. Though, what about
3: the good? Mariners? No. they got to no. get in first. They're hot right now. I mean, so, dude.
1: You love that they're hot. You love selling your Mariners. Oh, he's trying so hard. No, I'm oh.
0: conflicted, actually. I'm conflicted because, yes, I've been steady on Mariners and Padres, that they're better than we think they are all year. And Padres and, but the Mariners are starting to prove that. But I, I just hate the, the trade. It's not even just because Seawalt comes on the show a lot. I just hate, you guys know if you're on that team. It's like, dude, why did you have to do that? And He's Depoto is going to say, "I just gave you two more position players," but I'm like, "No, you could have traded a prospect." We've been rebuilding forever, yeah. I and I feel like to. they've been cheap too. They've made multiple uh, moves. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this. They've made multiple moves to save money. Why did they need to save money? They're making a ton of money, and they saw they they tanked for years. Show hey what? Like you're saving a few million here, Wait, a few Nintendo, million there. Does Nintendo like, still own them? I have no idea. Back what to the whole,
1: which which team is the best? Because I'm i not going to go into the Seattle being cheap because there's <laughs> too many teams that are doing that. True. I'm going to flip-flop from the Rangers to the Orioles. Probably not the Astros. I'm just going to kind of be like, whatever. The Astros are going to do what they do. But the Rangers, I think it's the Rangers and the Orioles. I think wow. this last... This, I mean, because the Astros are always good. Like, they, anytime you have Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez in the same lineup, you are an absolute force. And until you can get those guys out, you can't even worry about the other guys. Altuve, Bregman, Pena came over with a big hit in the eighth inning against Cano, who's been struggling. But anyway, I'm going to flip flop between the Orioles and Rangers. And right now, I'm going to say the Rangers. They have all those injuries and they've won eight straight, no matter who they're playing. They have all those injuries, and they've won eight straight. That is impressive to me. They but I love, though. I love the Orioles lineup. I think those dudes are just – they're exciting at bats. They're exciting to watch. They, they remind me of the Braves a couple years ago.
3: Who? Rangers?
0: The offense. Orioles. Oh, the Orioles.
3: Because all these young dudes – Right, so a couple years ago. No, I'm serious, because a couple years. Not that the Braves I'm guys just are laughing, because
0: they're not going to extend any of them. I know, but
3: but this is what. here, exactly. Why not? <laughs> but, when <laughs> Why the, not? but when the when they should already have started. But when the Braves dudes all came up, Acuna, Albies, right, Riley, all these guys were coming up. Mike Harris, they were all boom, 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 boom. But now it's Henderson, Rushman, all these Mateo, right, we, uh, Weisberg. all these guys, right, are boom. Westburg, yep. West, West, Westburg. sorry they all hit the they all hit the same time kind of I mean a little bit scattered but they're all kind of coming at the same time so it's very similar to where the Braves were a couple years ago now the Braves went out and got Charlie Morton and got some veteran guys to kind of finalize it got some bullpen pieces to finalize when they won the World Series but it's kind of the same situation the difference is the Braves they're all locked up to like 2030. I mean, the whole, the whole team is locked up for a long time. The Orioles haven't locked up any of them. Like, why has Adley Rutschman not gotten an extension? I've brought I it up many times.
1: Why has Gunnar Henderson not been given something? I, I bet they have. I bet they've been offered. And and the guy I always go to, you're shaking your head no, but I'm, I'm going to say this and I can't. The guy I always go to is Buster Posey. And I think Adley Rutschman, that's the difference. I think that's where the Braves really – pushed it over the edge when they got a guy like Darno and Flowers, veteran catchers to help that, help the young pitchers that were coming up. And the Orioles don't have that young pitching, but I'm going to go to Rutschman. I won't say it because Buster asked me not to, but if you guys knew the contract that they offered him before they offered him his 108 years, 160 million, you guys would be like, Whoa, every team can offer that. And he turned it down. And so to me, Rutschman has to have if the Orioles have not been offered, have not offered Rutschman that any kind of contract, at least that amount of money, then there's something wrong, and other owners need to well, step that, in that's and help. Fine, but they De need Angela to make
3: the they need to make an offer that he accepts, though. Now I mean, they, they do.
1: They I'm can, they any,
3: it's easy for any team to say, Oh, we made an offer without telling anybody. Like they could have gone to him and said, Here, eight years, eight million. Like he's gonna be like, yeah, yeah. And then the Orioles said, Well, we tried. Well, yeah, but come on, let's be serious here. Like, make an offer that both he's the face of the franchise. Now. Yeah, exactly.
0: And they knew it was coming. He was the face of the franchise so the in day the, he minor got the day so he got there. Yeah. He was the face of the franchise in the minor leagues. It's heck, a fact. Heck, they should almost be trying to lock lock up Holiday at this point. Because yep. he's next, right? But all these Gunner Henderson, he's
3: he has got off to a bad start. He's on fire now. Lock Bautista, lock him up. He's
1: think he's that good. Lock him yeah. up because he's right. going to cost you a hundred. He's going to cost you a hundred million, whatever Diaz just got. Uh, it's it's crazy. It just it's
3: crazy to me that they haven't. We haven't heard one peep out of the Orioles saying we've signed.
0: <laughs> well, what
2: are it's all anybody.
0: What are they allowed to say? We we signed, insert player. Are We're in the to, middle. You know how pumped up. I don't the, know what you're allowed to say in Baltimore anymore. But, but they're defaming
1: true. the team. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm suspended. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: my th- but you know what I'm saying, right, crazy yes. Like how, how? Think about how excited the Oregon fan base is already going crazy. Think about how excited they'd be if, in the middle of this race where they're running away with the East, they came out and said we signed Gunnar Henderson to a. Eight year,
0: whatever. 100, yeah.
3: well, Andre Simeonez and deal. What do you sign? Eight years, 108 million?
0: Yeah, I'll give him 120.
3: Boom. Okay. They'd be like, oh my gosh, we're actually going for it. And then they said, oh, we signed Adley Rushman to 8,160. We'll and then you eat up their free agent years. And then it also makes those dudes
0: easier to trade. Because they know what their salary is. Well, you don't want to trade them. I don't know. I'm agree just saying, that if, if it ever came to that. Yeah, I know. But you could say that about like Ozzy Albies or something, right? He's on a very team friendly deal. They're not going to trade him because they can afford him. Right. But if the Orioles are known as being cheap. Yeah, but they can afford him. This is all tied to the same issue. The Orioles do fine. It's just a matter of which teams want to pocket the cash and which teams want to put it back into the ball club. I agree. But that's really what it comes True. down to here. But at the same time, they need to sign somebody. I know. And we said this about the Pirates, and they did. They signed Reynolds. And they signed Key Brian Hayes. Hayes. So they've at least done a couple. Mm -hmm. They didn't sign Keller, did they? Not yet. Nope. That's why they got calls. I listened to Ben Charrington talk in the last few days. He said, obviously, we're going to get calls when you have two of our guys that are Mm -hmm. playing really well in Mitch Keller and David Bednar who are into their arbitration, I think, now, and they're not signed to long-term deals. You're going to get phone calls because teams are looking at them like, are these guys part of your future or not? Because you haven't signed them up for the long term. The one other piece of this is the business component. This is real. If you're a parent and you're in, say, the Baltimore area and your kid's into the O's now because they're good, right? And you're like, what am I going to get my kid? He wants a shirt or a jersey or whatever, right? He wants he wants something from one of our guys. But I don't want to get something where it's a dude that's only going to be there for a few years. You buy something of the player that's signed up for a long time, right? Who's that on the Orioles? You don't have that because nobody signed up for a long time. <laughs> There's not, is there one long-term no. contract? Not one no. for anybody, even the older dudes. nothing. Well, who's an older dude? Kyle Gibson? Austin Hayes. He's not signed. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like Austin Hayes is an all-star this year. I agree. He's a free agent soon, I think. He's a Cedric free agent M- what about probably Cedric-
3: 25. What about Cedric Mullins?
0: Great name. Never extended. And a lot of teams called about him for the last couple of years, too. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good combo to kick around because Baltimore is in their winning window. And the one other thing, because I know there's been some good quotes in the last week with Texas, and I think there was a story put out, I not get to read it yet, this morning from Jeff Passan. I think he was talking to the Rangers front office. They're like, if not now, then when, you know, for our, our winning window. It's fun to follow a team like that to re-rise. They're reinvesting in the team. They're going for it this year. They stacked up multiple pitchers because the other example here is the Reds. Look at what the Reds did versus what the Rangers did. The Rangers had pitching, some was going down, and their general manager, who was a pitcher in the big league, said, Fuck it, four more, four more legitimate pitchers to what we have right now. The Reds did nothing, and they're way younger too, so some of their guys haven't been through this before. They've lost seven of eight games. They are suffering immensely. They're suffering more than I thought they would very quickly. Which sucks because I, I wish I think the Reds could have been one of the cool stories and they still can. They're in the playoff race right now, but they need help. And now there's no there's no more trades. What are you going to do? You got to keep dipping into your minor league system and say ah, I hope this guy's going to work out.
1: Uh, I mean, Hunter Green will be coming back, so that'll yes. help. But and uh, will be right back. Now. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think you're comparing apples to apples. I understand you're comparing to a team that didn't do anything for the break. I mean, for the trade deadline and a team that was like, we're getting all the pitchers and we're just doing this. Like the Rangers have been, they've been prepping for this for three years. They've been they've been signing dudes. They signed dudes before they were ready to sign guys. And everybody talked about how, well, it's not quite the time yet, but they got them almost like a, maybe like a Jason Worth type of signing for the Nats, like probably a few years ahead of time, but it's going to give us some legitimacy. Where the Reds, I just think I, my fear with the Reds, I love what they're doing. I love what's going on. I feel like they're just too exciting of a team, and I explain that by saying, don't get, don't get like, don't just watch highlights of the Reds. Watch their entire game. Watch how what they do, how they play the game. I don't know that they're a playoff team yet, just because of that. And the big, the big elephant in the room is their pitching staff. They just don't have the starting pitching right now. But they and their bullpen
0: have. is going to start to suffer. Like, what happened? I want to know what happened. Why couldn't they make a deal? Why weren't they in on – They, they didn't believe tra- it. There were starters that were traded. Deep down, they, what Kratz just said. They, they didn't believe it?
3: Rangers believed it. Chris Young, Rangers. Chris Young was like, this is our shot. Let's take it.
0: Because mm-hmm. he
3: looks around and goes, like we talked about, American League, a little bit down. I mean, mm-hmm. not that there's not gr- good teams.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Orioles, Rangers, Astros, right? Good teams. But he's like, there's not that juggernaut. There's not also, a. There's not a Yankee Red Sox. Oh my gosh, how are we in the world? Are we gonna beat them team. So, but the Reds were like, okay, well, there's the Braves and there's the Dodgers. Can we really? But at the same time, kind of like with the Cubs, if they get, I mean, you've seen the rejuvenation of the Cincinnati fan base, and we had Kirk Street on here talking about it. They're talking about baseball in Cincinnati, one of the great franchise histories in all of baseball. You make the playoffs on a year you're not supposed to make it. Again, it's about building the culture, right? We keep talking about this. Winning culture. Hey, guess what, guys? You get off to a good start as a front office. We'll go make the moves to help you get to the finish line. Whereas maybe, like Kratz said, they didn't
0: – they weren't all in. But that's Believing not reading the room. It. That's not reading the room. Why? Because as much as you they want don't to read, say they don't aren't care about the in the American League. They don't care about the room. Yeah. The- People are now calling the National League Wild Card race a pillow fight.
3: No,
1: that's
0: just you. No, that's, no, Bob that's not, not true at all, that.
1: dude. I'm telling money. you that champagne, that champagne when you make the wild card, no matter where you make the wild card, tastes the exact same as the Braves when they're going to win the division. No, it doesn't. It because <laughs> you have a chance.
3: No, do you disagree? I think you win the division. You get a, you, you feel a little bit better. I never won a wild card, so I don't know.
1: I didn't say what you feel like. I said what it tastes like. It tastes the same.
0: You're no, no, I want to know this. This it is always good. Tastes better when this you're good. Better. You've won divisions. You haven't won a world. Never won no a wild card. card. He's won both, right? You've won wild cards and divisions. Yep. When when you won both, was it the same thing? Like, hey, we got a ticket to the dance. Let's ride.
1: Yeah, it's just you. Just you don't have that time. to When you win a division, you have that time to be like. All right, let's get set. Where when you win the wild card, you're like, all right, here we go. Another game. We're playing one game. It's time to go. We're going to win it. And it's just like, oh, I woke up. It's November. What happened? Like, so that's that's a different feeling. But you get into the playoffs and you've got a shot. Like, it's – and I think that's where – I said it before. I think that's where CY – I think that Chris Young is coming from, the Rangers GM – He's coming from that, from that spot because I specifically hear that from him. I specifically hear that from him when he signed at the end of spring training in 2015 to come over to the Royals. Maybe it was the middle of 15. He wanted to win. He saw what we did in 14, and it's one of the reasons he wanted to win. And he's like, I want to get out there as soon as I can because I've lost divisions. I've lost a spot in a, while, a spot in playoffs by one game. So these one-game things – they matter, and I just I think there's I think there's a, such a value to getting in. And Scott, you were talking about like the window is now. I forget exactly what you said, but the winning like think about the Astros in 2015. They went to the wild card game. They beat the Yankees, right? Remember what happened in 16 to the Astros? Nothing.
0: They didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs.
1: So you you have to – I agree with you. You have to take advantage of the times that you have it. But in the room when people are making decisions, there's the baseball people on the field, there's the front office, and there's the analytical people. And all the teams, if you look at all the teams and all their run differentials, the teams that stayed, stayed pat had good run differentials. Cubs, Padres had good run differentials. They're like, hey, what we're doing, the analytics people are like, hey, what we're doing, we're winning, we're going to continue it. Teams that didn't do anything, the Reds probably didn't believe it. The Diamondbacks, I mean, I guess they did a little bit. They got seawalled. But, you know, there's there's more people making those decisions than just the guys on the field who are grinding it out every day.
0: Fair. And the Diamondbacks Fair. are falling apart right now too. They've lost. Goes more than just the seven in a row. Twenty-five of thirty-four. Ugh. Oof. Here, yes. Here's
3: at least the Diamondbacks went for it, though.
0: No, no, I agree. I mean, they didn't go all in. No, but, but they, they made a move to help themselves, which the bar was set so low this trade deadline. This trade deadline was a bust. It's a bad trade deadline. But besides the Mets shaking things up, Whoa.
3: wait, 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 wait. I said, I said, other than Verlander and Scherzer. I mean, Verlander and Scherzer are big names. Huge names,
0: I'm saying, but. There was a lot of moves, though. You, you know what you want? There were a lot of teams that didn't do anything, though. Lance Lynn, big, pretty big name. Joe I'm Kelly. Not, I'm not knocking the Dodgers. Actually, same thing. I am not making this up. There were plenty of articles like, oh, the Dodgers didn't do that much. I'm like, they they acquired, like, five guys. Now, some of them might have been buy-low guys. They, they acquired some buy-low guys. Here's the thing you have to understand, though, they about the Dodgers.
3: Something. What? For some reason, the last few years, when you put that Dodger blue on, it's like Hmm. the Yankee pinstripes used to be. Man, all of a sudden, you get a veteran guy, and you put Yankee pinstripes on him. Holy cow, they're great again. The Dodgers kind of have that vibe right now. Oh, you get a veteran, he's kind of not doing the best? Yeah, we get him. We'll figure him out. And it's like, whoop!
0: They're not the only ones. You know what the other part of that trick is? Who's another one? This has been going on for a long time. Do you know what the other part of that trick is? Where is that player coming from? I'm serious though. I know we've been knocking the socks this this week, <laughs> but Dodgers, Guardians, Astros. I'm missing some others too. Nationals, they bring them into Nationals. I'm saying when the when these those t- three teams and some more bring them into their pitching system, Uh-oh. they change. I was going to say
3: Josh Bell didn't do very well in Guardians. No, no,
0: no, no. Pitching specifically, when you have a pitcher, everyone picked on the Pirates for years, right? oh, that dude's got stuff. They're not doing it right. Bring mm-hmm. And that's, that's not even looking at their development system. There's some that do that too, right? Where they pick off prospects. But I'm talking about big leaguers, whether they're new in the bigs or they're veterans. There are some teams that did this for years. They would say, where are they? Oh, they're not doing it right. And they would bring them over. Accurate? Yankees Accurate. had a little bit of this. There's probably like five to seven teams that said we can consistently bring a guy over from... Ten to twelve teams that don't have the pitching plan in place.
1: Yep, I agree. I agree. I think the Oakland Pirates, KC. um, I'm trying to think who else, but they just don't they don't analyze it well. You know who's done it really well? White Sox. White Sox. Well, that's just that's just beating a dead horse. Why are you picking on the White Sox? Yeah, sorry about that. No, Uh, you not you, Kratz. The Brewers. The Brewers have done that with catching recently. They brought in Victor Caratini. They brought in Narvaez. They brought in Contreras, who was all was
3: Remember they said everyone said Contreras couldn't catch? Yep. Look at his numbers. Dude, I just did William their game Contreras on, just, is great. Dude, I just did their game on Thursday last week. And I asked Craig Council that exact question. That was one of the big topics in the game. Because then you have Henry Davis, who was the one-one pick for the Pirates on the other side. Playing he's right playing field. right field. And you and ask them, why is he not catching? He was drafted. Well, he's not ready yet. Well, Why is he here? Well, he can hit. Well, how do you develop him at the big league level? And Derek Shelton was great. He's like, oh, well, we're doing the best we can. We'll get him an inning here and
0: there. Now they can. They just kind of changed Yes, but the game plan. But William Contreras was brought over. Krauts will tell you. He was brought over as a hit first.
3: We'll see if we can make him a catcher. No, disagree. What do you mean disagree? With the Brewers? I- when the Brewers, when he was now, with I'm saying with the Braves, William Contreras was considered hit first. The Braves were like, we don't know if he can catch. Oh yes, yep. And the Brewers were like, we can make him catch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now he's top five in every statistic analytically that people care about, framing whatever, whatever you want to put, blocking. Now listen, the one thing I'll say about this is the blocking. He he picks like he doesn't block. He picks balls. Whatever. No, I agree. He's if it works, if it works, it works. It's working, but I just over a long haul. I don't know if you can just can constantly pick sliders three feet outside. <laughs> okay, that, that's more of the. But they made it, and I asked Craig Council. I said, Craig, what, what do you? He's like, we just work with them. We talk to them after games. We sit down with guys before games. We sit down with guys during games. We have I forget the guy's name who's like their catcher. Walker. Walker. What is it, McNevin. That's it. Yep. Give that man a raise. Yeah, for real. But he he takes a personal interest in just the catchers, and he deals with just the catchers in the game planning, and catchers. Well, yeah, yeah, but but he also yeah, yes. But he's like we have a lot of one on they have a lot of one on one time with them, and we just seem like we can get the best out of these guys because they feel important.
1: They look they look for things they look for things when they got Norvaez, they 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 broke up, they break up the receiving because the big thing is the receiving. You know, what kind of numbers you get receiving? How can you do things? What are what are some athletic moves? What are some, you know, things that they're doing wrong that's like, hey, if you change this, this'll work. But Narvaez specifically, when he was in Seattle, he had, I think, I forget what the what the score was for receiving. His his receiving score was brutal. He
0: was bottom five in the league. His framing was awful. I remember his, the whole thing. I, You know, I was working and, for the league back then. Yeah, the Mariners were fed up with him on defense.
1: Because they cut, they cut his frame. You can cut framing in whatever way you want, like low part of the zone, top part of the zone, whatever it is. Pitches on pitches that were 94 or 95 plus, his framing was like second or third in the league. But on all breaking balls, it was less. So this is where a team like the Brewers who definitely are in a small market, definitely do not have as much money, can pick up a catcher that just pumped 20 homers the year before, and the Mariners were like, beat it. The the Brewers can flip Estuary Ruiz for, essentially, for William Contreras. Like, that's how you get tons of value, based on the numbers and the analytics and organizations that don't have these programs, and whoever said it earlier in the year, they said everybody's got it, everybody's equal. They don't. Not everybody has it. And to me, you're seeing it in teams that don't get the most out of what they have when they go. When teams go other places and they do get the most out.
3: I agree. Certain teams are just better at certain developmental things than other teams. And that's it.
0: Yeah, it's working for Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying with pitching. The same thing has gone on in the league for a while with certain teams. It's not just who you're getting. It's where you're getting him from. True. Agreed. Yeah. I mean,
1: it always matters.
0: You're poaching. You're poaching from those organizations. And there's development issues with some teams. Oh. And other teams thrive. This is why, I mean, I think we started this because we were talking about the Dodgers. You can be good every year and they spend money both on their players and on their organization and on their development they can pick at the back of the draft and you can still be a dominant ball club i don't remember the name but they you know they just picked up the guy from from he's from asia the pitcher. i think you saw that the
3: korean kid. well they're
0: going to yeah the korean kid that's
3: not going to go the kbo i'm
0: sure he's going to be freaking great (laughs) the dodgers just do
3: Yeah, develop draft better, sign better guys. Develop way. Develop better. better. Develop. Yeah, but I mean that's Friedman coming from Tampa, and what did they do? Great, drafted well, developed well. So I mean, and they both treat
1: people really, really well. They treat they don't treat minor leaguers like minor leaguers. I think some organizations sit there in the minor leagues and go, "How do you guys have leather couches in the minor leagues and big TVs like?" We got to make this terrible. The Dodgers are like, okay, here, you guys want all, all our analytical programs? Everybody in the minor leagues gets an iPad. Here's your password for the analytical program. Like, see where you're doing well. See where you're not doing well. They took all the bad food out of the locker room, whether you agree with that or not. They were the first organization to start feeding their minor leaguers better. To give them sleep, you know, a sleep doctor that would come in and help them out. To give, like... They did. They did so many things. They upped their travel stuff. They started paying for lunches on the road in the minor leagues, and then when you got to the field, you would also have another meal, and then they paid for post game. Like they were doing that before Major League Baseball made it mandatory. So you can't tell me, oh, they just draft better. They just have such much better scouts. Their scouts are seeing the same people. They're just handing them over to people who do it better.
0: Also, Kratz, if you're a coach, don't you want the player there like as much as possible? Obviously, you want them to be home to a certain extent, but like you want the guys there early. You want to be able to work with them on things. You want to feel like you had enough time in the day. You know the best way to do that? Make them want to be there early. Feed them well. Give them a good place to hang. You know who yes. does that, Who, especially before the pandemic? Pandemic changed things a little bit with remote work. Tech companies. You see the campuses for some of those big tech companies over the years? Sleep pods. The cafeterias are first class. I've been to Google headquarters. It's pretty cool. It's insane. It was pretty cool. It's insane. But my thing,
3: my, I, I, want well, to I, think, I agree with everything we've said here except for one thing. When what? You, I think it was you that said they're seeing the same players. I sure. Yeah. said that. Sorry. They're seeing the same players before the draft, but they're getting better players later in the draft that have specific skill sets that the Dodgers say we can make this into something special. So yes, they are. Everyone's seeing the same players, but just because you're seeing the same players doesn't mean teams draft the same way with the same philosophies. Cleveland, Cleveland's better.
1: Cleveland does it too. Cleveland right. does a really good job, and they put money into things like in the off season, they have J camp, Turkey camp. They have you can essentially live at the facility and learn from a cook who takes you out to eat. I mean, it takes you out to the grocery store to teach you how to cook your own food to be healthy. Teaches you all this stuff costs Cleveland like a million two to implement all this stuff. And you're now creating and developing players in the minor leagues and hopefully big leaguers that stay healthy. And this stuff matters. Like, this stuff matters. And the teams that don't do it, the other teams are just waving at them from the shore like, hey, you guys can come up here anytime. Like, there's no rules against this.
0: Yes. Cleveland has – you're right. That was exactly what I was thinking of. On the pitching front, because I I hosted the draft for a long time, Cleveland looks at certain pitchers, college pitchers that have the control, that have some secondary stuff, and maybe the fastball is not there, and they're like, put him in our system. We'll get him a few ticks, and then he's going to look sick. They do it over and over again. And that's and why they said they felt comfortable trading Savali. Tanner Bybee. Tanner Bybee. There's many, many no, I formula.
1: I they saw have their a formula, formula, it
0: works. And, and the, the money part of this though, is it always comes back to that because I can tell you from multiple former and current GMs that I've spoken with, they all think this way. I want to do, they all want to do what the Dodgers do, what Cleveland does on that specific front, right? They'll talk to their owner and say, hey, I know we've got only this budget. Let's spend 1.2, which is barely over the league minimum, to change everything, right? I can. I know a very specific story about an organization not long ago that um, was proposed to beef up their minor league um, food situation and nutrition and all that because they were like, "Yo, our, our dudes are eating like shit." <laughs> and the and he was like, "And it would cost you like 150 grand to fix this for the year." And the owner was like, "Hell no, I'm not doing that. Hell no." There you it's go. It's the
3: little things that make big difference. Yes, it does.
1: Yes, it does. Are we doing slap hands? No. No. We'll just slap hands like We're this. We're
3: new Kratts. hats. it looks like
1: he has a big league hat on. We don't care. He played for twelve what? teams. What? <laughs> How can you not care about a Boston Red Sox? This one's for my guy Jeremy Meyer. I don't know if he's paying attention to the show today, but he said he'd be around. So this is my Fenway Park. I was there for two and a half days. I was a Red Sox. Never gotten that.
0: <laughs> I would say that's probably an eight out of ten. What red top? No, the, the accent. Screw the yeah, hat. That was
3: alright. He didn't say cat.
0: Okay, is is Mad Max coming on tomorrow?
3: Maybe. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna guarantee it, but I was told that uh, from Max that he was looking to come on and he was all for it. So well, unless we have, unless we have Mark screws open. it up.
0: No, we have a slot open. Yes, yeah, so he Max. told me
3: 2 p.m. Eastern.
0: 2 p.m. Eastern. That's one hour into our show, which is one to three weekdays. Thanks to everyone that joined us today. Too many guests to count. Mad Max tomorrow, hopefully. Ken Rosenthal for sure tomorrow. Sheffield is gonna join us at the end of the show tomorrow. And we will be back in Atlantic City on Friday for the Superfans at Borgata by We. Oh, now I say we and AJ points to Cause me. Cause I'm not part of that. I'm Prats not allowed in, in New AJ's Jersey. always invited. You're not invited, but good news. Tomorrow, Rowdy says he's
1: coming on too.
0: Let's go! Rowdy's (laughs) back.
1: It's been too long. I haven't
0: seen
3: Rowdy in a week. Yeah, he must miss me. (laughs) Old nine-finger Rowdy. Love it. (laughs) You know why he's coming
1: on? He's got a bobblehead coming soon, so he wants to promote it. Oh, look at me. Whippity-doo. See you tomorrow. Triple-A rehab Rowdy.
0: Time to swing for the fences on BetMGM, a new MLB free-to-play game for sweet prizes. Here's how to make it happen. Log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Play the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game until September 7, 2023. Be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone. Depending on the area of the zone you pick, you will get a single, double, triple home run or pop out and receive the prize associated with that type of hit. You can play once per day. Prizing must be used on MLB and expires in 24 hours. Always bet responsibly, gambling problem or concern. Call 1-800-GAMBLER.